liquid scent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome to Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for being with me. Uh, today, I have another crossover episode for you guys. Today, uh, we have a good long chat with uh, some guys that my long-term listeners may remember. Uh, the veterans from voluntarism have uh, gotten back together, The uh, mi- minus uh, w- one of their former co-hosts, and uh, I get to sit down with Jacob and Jordan. Uh uh, Jacob and I have been talking in the background. I've been just watching this guy, you know, go out and get after it in terms of uh, hunts. And I, you, for those of you guys that maybe don't understand my passion for being outdoors in the woods and hunting, especially bow hunting, uh, it's one of those things that I absolutely love. And when I see guys traveling for hunting, uh, especially like Jacob has to places like Africa to go after you know some really really amazing game whether it's you know antelopes or whatever it is i'm not into i'm not into giraffes and elephants and killing lions and leopards or any of that kind of stuff but like the the uh animals that are you know grazing antelope uh animals like antelope like those guys are great to eat uh and what a what an amazing way to go learn about some culture learn uh, some land learned all of these things that have been passed down for generations around the world. A lot of people don't look at hunting like that, um, but I get to hang out with these guys, and we have a conversation that is absolutely all over the map, and in a lot of good ways. Uh, I did mention that they are vets, um, and they're brothers too, which is kind of a, a cool thing as well. Uh, more guys from Iowa. Uh, imagine that, just good, solid dudes from Iowa showing up all over the place. But uh, yeah, this is uh, this is one of those podcasts that I wanted to bring to you guys. Uh, he is releasing the new launch of his podcast, Victory Drive, here uh, hopefully in the next few weeks. But I thought I'd give you guys a preview, introduce you guys uh, to them again, and uh, maybe you know if you're interested in that kind of thing, maybe it'd be a great for you guys, a uh, great show for you guys to pick up. But without further ado, my conversation with Jacob and Jordan from Victory Drive. All right. Welcome back to Victory Drive Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Johnson. I'm here with my brother, Jordan Johnson, and we have a very special guest here. We have Shane Hazel, the libertarian lover from Georgia. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, Shane, how you doing, man? Good to see you guys, man. I got to tell you, it's been too long. Uh, doing well. Lots of changes since I think last time we talked, but at the same time, uh, you know, moving on. Better, I guess, better pastures, greener pastures. What they say, better pastures. That's not what they say at all. <laughs> yeah, doing good, greener, guys. Better. Appreciate you having me back and, and hanging out again. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we, uh, so before Jordan and I had a podcast, um, what, what was that? Like veterans year, for voluntarism. Yeah, veterans for voluntarism is like a political podcast, libertarian podcast type yeah. deal. What was that? Like two years ago? Oh shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I started in like 2018, and then yeah. it ended in like 2020. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we know Shane from that, from just networking and stuff. And you're a fucking great A American. 
and we just love to have you on, man. You're a good, easy talker, easy listening. You got a good voice. I was going to say, you got to give me a run for my money in, in the voice department, man. Like, there's not too many guys out there that are just rolling around <laughs> with that that bravado, just digging into a microphone. So, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That deep, deep bravado. Yeah. People always <laughs> I said I had a face for radio. Yeah, so. buddy. <laughs> I guess we're gonna put a <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try it out here yeah. <laughs> let's go but uh yeah but you so shane you're an interesting guy so you were let's start the let's start back a little ways here you were in the marines for a while yeah i did some what uh, did you do there uh i did some force reconnaissance for a while uh went in after 9 11 and you know went and did the tour a couple times over in iraq uh, you know, obviously got to see a little bit more behind the curtain and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, that's, I guess that's where the, this story begins and, you know, been, I guess, politically active since 2017, 20, yeah, I guess 2017 is when I started getting into politics and all that kind of stuff. So been in the public, uh, eye for a while and doing some things, uh, down here in Georgia, kind of stirring the pot, trying to. I don't know, at least get people to think a little bit more about, uh, you know, leaving peaceful people alone uh, and and obviously at the same time preserving individual sovereignty and rights. So that's that's kind of my shtick, I guess. Yeah, I'd say you're definitely, uh, I, wouldn't, I don't know how you'd say that, ruffling some feathers, I guess, down there. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Weren't, weren't, you were, I don't know if you'd I'd say you're the sole reason for a runoff election last year, but you kind of were, weren't you? Yeah, 2020, man. Um, that was the year that uh, I apparently I gave the Democrats the Senate here in Georgia, although I wasn't <laughs> in the runoff election. But yeah, single handedly, I think I uh, got about uh, 115,000 votes. And David Perdue, who was a sitting senator down here, uh, refused to come and address that audience and, and on my show, you know, with ample opportunity. And uh, then failed to secure the requisite votes needed to be a senator of Georgia. So, you know, the, the <laughs> problem is, is I don't know that he was any better uh, than the guy that went in as the Democrat and, you know, 20% constitutional voter. That guy sucked. So it's like, you know what, yeah. Democrat or Republican, it doesn't really matter at this, at this point. Yeah, basically at that point, fuck that dude anyways, because <laughs> he had a shitty ass constitutional score. So it's like, what's, you're really... I don't even know if you'd say you're picking the lesser of two evils at that point. You're basically just, they, they both really suck. And you're just, you're just sitting there like, yeah, okay, well maybe I cost a Republican his seat maybe, but at the same time, who is that fucking guy and why does he matter? He sucks anyways. Yeah. And you know, who knows better Republicans when, when that Democrat comes back up for reelection, maybe there's a better Republican that comes along. I don't know. You know, there's there's so little damn difference in these guys today in their voting records. It's just uh, it, it's it's one of those things. I've given up on the federal government. I I really have just mm. been like, yeah, you know what? Let's work local and work with our sheriff and our mayors and get some shit done here. And honestly, it's been a lot more productive uh, in terms of reducing the scale and scope of the the tyranny that's wiped out. You know, your Fourth Amendment, your Second Amendment, parts of your First Amendment. The, the fifth and possibly sixth and maybe even some of the eighth um you know it's just <laughs> it's across the board it's it's a little bit easier to work with sheriffs and mayors and get those guys with badges and guns to um leave peaceful people alone rather than you know trying to beg your way or push your way through the the federal bureaucracy and bullshit yeah definitely and then 
one thing that COVID kind of showed everybody is that the federal government doesn't, they can't really do much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the, the state's pretty much like Florida, like never shut down. Yep. And look at them. Like they're fucking killing it still. They're killing it. And the, the funny thing to do about that is Ron DeSantis is killing it in his, in that state, you know, mm-hmm. he just won, he just won his, uh, governor's seat, uh, for the second time. And he won it pretty handily and he barely won it the first time. Yeah, so it's one of those. I mean, and that's the thing is, I think all the people that migrated there from New York and the Northeast that were on COVID lockdown and mandates and IDs and masks and you know all that other bullshit. I think a lot of those people were like, "Yeah, we'll vote for him too," right? Like, (laughs) yeah, because fuck New York and fuck the Northeast and all these tyrants up here. Like, "Eh, you know what? Being open is kind of a good thing. I like walking around without a mask. I like not having an ID to go to have a burger or whatever it was. You know, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people woke up at that time. <laughs> no, for yeah, sure. for sure, they they really did, and that uh, it definitely. I don't know. So you being libertarian, do you, I, me personally, because I'm I'm a libertarian still. I know Jordan's still libertarian to an extent. Like, I guess at yeah. least on our voting IDs, we are. Um, <laughs> but it, in in mindset, you know, I, me myself, I've always been a Republican, but before the libertarian name became prominent. I've always been a liberty-minded Republican. I know that's a weird deal. Like, we should all be liberty-minded, no matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. <laughs> but that's not the truth. So it's like, I've always, I've always, def- I've definitely held freedom and liberty to the utmost standard here in America, because that's what made America, America kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But as far as like these elections and the COVID policy and all that other stuff, it seems, it seems like, it seems like a lot of people are really starting to, make that transition into those states like Florida, like Texas, like, well, even like Idaho, Montana, all those states are, that are generally more, I guess you could say Republican or free than other states like California, New York. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a lot of people fleeing those states because, especially because of COVID, that's a huge deal. Yeah. And I don't know, the narrative fell apart relatively quickly. I mean, it seemed like watching it in real time when it was happening, it seemed like fucking this shit's never going to fucking end, dude. This is unreal. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like looking back at it now, people are like, oh, who was it that shared that article? There's an article written like, well, we need COVID amnesty right now. We oh, the Atlantic. Everything that everybody's. <laughs> yeah. Humanity. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, the Atlantic. Atlantic. It was by right. Emily Atlantic. Oster. And she was saying it's time to put away our difference in, in, in you know, yeah. COVID. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure when you guys crossed that line about not knowing and uh, decided to use a bunch of Gestapo force and coercion, I mean, minus literally going out and throwing people into camps, rounding them up and putting them on cars and sending them off, like they pulled the same bullshit that 1939 Germans did. And yeah, oh, yeah, t- totally inexcusable, absolutely unexcusable. Once you start to use the word amnesty as if you know the the the, the trials that are gonna happen at some point, this I mm-hmm. mean, the, these people need to absolutely fry for what they did. This can never sure. ever, ever mm-hmm. happen again. Just for, I mean, also just for swaying public opinion so drastically and aggressively, and like the corporate coercion and shit that was going on with, oh, you have to be vaccinated to work here, otherwise, fucking, you ain't gonna be able to feed your kids. You know what I mean? Like, to a normal dude that doesn't pay attention, is like, okay, I'm gonna get it, I guess. 
Mm. Oh, yeah, dude. And then looking at the cases like myocarditis and shit like that that's coming out now with that rushed Pfizer freaking what I would call close, probably the closest would come to fascism in my time. Mm-hmm. Well, that, is that, that real, dude? Like, people are dying about that shit. That brings up a whole new fucking can of words with the whole COVID shit, too. It's like, I personally know a lot of dudes that were just hardworking, blue-collar fucking Americans, and they're trying to work their job, and then they get they get this policy handed down. I was one of them. So I was working for, G, I was working for General Electric during this whole, when the vaccines got rolled out and stuff. And I'm sitting there like, okay, cool. You know, whatever. And I didn't want to get it because I wanted to wait. I'm just trying to be responsible. I'm like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see what the some of the side effects are. I already had COVID. I'm like, okay, well, I, I dealt with it fine. I'm a 30-year-old fucking man that has a at least somewhat healthy immune system. And I dealt with it. It wasn't that big of a deal. So I'm like, I'm not going to get the vaccine. I'm going to wait and see what happens. And they came down. They're like, hey, you got to get it or you got to fucking walk. You either got to walk. Or they had these religious exemption th- exemptions that you could fill out. So my whole site filled it out. We all basically is like is like fucking school, dude. We were all copying each other's fucking answers and shit, <laughs> and questions. Like, yeah, <laughs> trying trying to get this amnesty form filled out, and everyone's got it accepted besides mine for some reason. So I had this whole fucking shit show. I had to talk to, I just had to keep talking to the higher ups, like my site manager, and then his fucking boss and ended up going up to his boss's boss and i'm like dude i don't know what to tell you guys um i don't know if i'm gonna have to lawyer up or what but this is fucking unacceptable and i'm not gonna stand for it and i'll basically i was like i'll see you guys in court i guess if this is how it's gonna be yeah because i'm not gonna quit and i'm not gonna get the vaccine so either you push us through or i guess We'll settle it the legal way and see what happens. <laughs> At, uh, in the fuck around and find <laughs> out scale, right? <laughs> yeah. So I just sat. I just sat my ass down. My boss sat there and he's like, "Dude, seriously, like, we we can figure something out. We can figure out a different way." I'm like, "Nope, fuck them. Like they they put their this is where they stand. If they're gonna fire me for it, then fuck them. We'll see what happens." Yep. And they ended up approving it. So <laughs> they're like, "We don't want to fucking." deal with this shit anymore so they just approved it well and i, I think, I think that's the, a big thing the right? hr lady ended up getting fired for it so yeah <laughs> and that's a that's a big thing with you know what these a lot of people in corporate america right like you guys are veterans you know and and you know you got out because at some point you're probably like yeah you know what there there's a freer world out there for me to go participate in that is not filled with people that tell you to do something that you can't question a lot of times and as soon mm-hmm. as you stand up, instead of taking the knee, you know, like instead of, you know, groveling for, you know, acceptance and forgiveness and all that kind of stuff, you, you got, you're the same as, you know, I think a lot of us out here is it's just, you, you're like, no, you know what, this doesn't seem right. And I'm going to take a stand for this. And even the slightest bit of pushback, a lot of times these corporate f- suits and shit, they fold because they're not used to mm-hmm, adversity. Mm-hmm. They've got no good arguments. They do what they're told because they, they think that either it's going to, you know, make them look better for their boss. 
which makes them, you know, help them, I guess, climb the, the corporate ladder faster. And, you know, in sacrificing all those people that would question it, that don't, that don't want it, that are probably their best producers, you know, cause they're, they're actually thinkers, you know, they actually have that, mm-hmm. that, that ability to contemplate and, and think through not only short term, you know, but that long term, that, you know, that, that low time preference guy that's solving problems in the future now. And like, if you're, if you're getting rid of those guys, oh, have fun with your business. It's going to fail miserably. Mm-hmm. And I, that's where a lot of these companies are now. A lot of these companies that did this shit to their people, the managers that did this, man, a lot of them are under investigation for ethics violations. A lot of them are investigation mm-hmm. for HR violations. And a lot of these people at the top are going down because what they did was they violated fiduciary duty to the board members. And they axed a lot of people that were actually bringing in quite a you know good sum of money, and it's it's going to play out across corporate America. And part of me thinks it's part of the plan. Part of me thinks it's part of the plan mm-hmm. to absolutely cripple uh, and and do a controlled demo on the entire economy. Yes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope they eat it. Yeah, I hope it, everybody else gets rich off of it. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is too. Um, the death of some of these, I guess, I only, I only want to say death because a lot of them aren't dying or aren't dead yet. But uh, it's one of those things where <laughs> yeah. it's going to open up a lot of it's going to open up a lot more for normal people to actually be able to sli- get a bigger slice of the pie, you know, instead of having the pie eaten up by a bunch of other shit. And that's one of those things, too. If the if the mandate never came down from the fucking White House and none of that shit would have happened. So that's another meddling of the federal government in day-to-day operations of how the country actually fucking works yeah it was like a big psyop dude i mean you had the president saying go get vaccinated i got vaccinated i was like oh part of me thinks that these elites that are saying to go get the fucking shot they got a shot of something but not that pfizer saline or the johnson johnson yeah Yeah, exactly yeah Yeah. dude first of all how fucking weird is it i i swear have you ever seen a a president or anyone any member of government get a shot on camera before in your life no i've seen joe biden get a shot more than i've ever seen anyone get a shot like this makes no sense every single booster that he gets i think he's on his like eighth booster he's like i'm getting it again i'm still here and kicking Uh, the question is which joe biden was it though was it the same was it the guy that fell off the bike as joe biden or was it the joe biden that fell up the stairs in air force one yeah either one <laughs> where is the where is the joe biden i don't know i don't even know dude have you seen those he like theory videos at. and shit of i have body doubles and stuff hell yeah, yeah. it's yeah. kind of convincing different different <laughs> ear like ear sets and everything else like you know yeah. connected ear lobes versus hanging ear lobes and yeah man like you know you get to a certain point when you start getting older and camera and everything else you you know you do that swap i think they did it with john Kerry a long time ago honestly like that guy looks a lot sure. different uh than the what was it the 2004 run that he put together for you know for the what was it the florida election or was that gore i don't know whatever it was but at any rate yeah, man, like, the, I think mm. this whole thing, like, he's a Muppet, right? Like, anybody in there is a Muppet anyway. And the fact that he got up there and, oh, yeah. you know, he'll say whatever they put on the teleprompter, repeat, line, you know, and all that other yeah. bullshit. You're just like, oh, God, it's Ron Burgundy, only he's 80. And it's, <laughs> he's right. the president of the United States now. It's fucking crazy. The, 
the thing is, is too john Kerry actually looks like a muppet <laughs> he actually looks like a fucking like a like a muppet like yeah. his face is all long and weird he's got speaking that arm up his ass this, <laughs> yeah, this is so speaking on this is kind of off topic a little bit but have you guys been paying attention to the philadelphia dude fetterman not oh, since yeah. the election <laughs> Yeah, dude. He, first oh, of all, that's got that's got to be con- like a psyop, right, or something. Like that's not real. That <sighs> dude didn't really win, right? Yeah, he. I think he really won. But it's, it's also kind of weird that he beat Doctor Oz. Doctor <laughs> Oz got okay. Obviously, you know, medical, we're living medical, in idiocracy, bro. Medical medical conditions are not to be laughed at. But Doctor no. Oz got beat by a dude that just had a fucking stroke. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. just had a stroke. My my like our grandma had like you know before she passed, she had like four strokes and it's like after her first one i'm like i don't think she could be running for senate yeah i don't, I don't know. know i'd rather have somebody just dumb weird. Than dangerous i guess it's well, just weird it's weird that fetter it's weird that fetterman um for one like that he won and it's also weird that he kept going that the that the democrat party was like yeah dude fuck your health get was, your ass out there and do what we need you to do was he a dem because Oz, oh, yeah. Oz was GOP, right? Yeah, yeah. Oz is Republican. Yeah, but Fetterman's he, Democrat. It, 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 let's let's just pretend that voting isn't just totally rigged for just a second. Let's just say that like mm-hmm. yeah. voting yeah. works. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like um, it, when you look at how these different cultures vote, there is a line that is too far for I think a lot of Republicans, right? And I think Doctor Oz probably crossed that line with guns, especially. He was he's yes. a he's an anti-gun Republican. First yep. and foremost, right? Yep. And so there's a lot of Republicans that are like, fuck this guy. However, Democrats aren't like that. Democrats are like, oh, that's our boy, blue, all the way down the damn ticket. <laughs> yeah. And yep. guess what? We're gonna we're gonna troll you guys about this guy. We don't give a fuck if he's terrible. We don't care if he's not our guy. The the problem is is that's not the way Republicans vote, so you will ever have the amount of republicans that will go out and vote for a shit candidate that you will have the democrats go out and support a shit candidate and then you'll have even less in terms of the libertarians so it's like even if it (laughs) wasn't rigged you're still fucked in this system because no matter what those guys are like nah fuck it i don't care if that guy fucks kids i'm okay with that right like that's what they're gonna that's what they'll do no absolutely that's a hundred percent hundred percent right the democrats definitely have that mindset where they're like i don't give a fuck if he's got a deed next to his name he's our guy for sure like yeah. no questions asked i don't give a fuck about his policy uh i will meld to whatever he says it's not a big deal but re- <laughs> yeah, like you said typically republican voters are not like that and especially not libertarian voters like if you want to be a libertarian candidate and actually win first of all that's fucking hard enough in <laughs> fucking itself. Unicorn. Second of all, <laughs> dude, so after and you know it better than any of us, Shane. But you know, after dabbling into the libertarian world, it's like holy fuck! If you're not even a perfect, even the perfect person is not good enough. Yeah, the worst part about uh, I guess what we were doing libertarian wise, like I guess living in that world at the time, was uh, it, I mean, all these interactions were like. 90% social media. Oh yeah. Or podcasts, you know yep. what I mean? Like every libertarian had a podcast and then they all had like some weird libertarian account that they were mm-hmm. fucking with people on. What's funny actually is I, I was listening to the Lions of Liberty podcast and oh. ah, fuck, I, I haven't listened to him for a long time, but I remember listening to one of his podcasts and he said, he said on his podcast, like, Hey, libertarians, if you really want to do the libertarian movement, some good, 
go live your life and stop producing podcasts and <laughs> yeah. get all this shit. And I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. He's saying it on his podcast. And he's like, uh, you realize it's kind of, you know, contradictory to what I'm doing right now. But, <laughs> but yeah. stop fucking doing it. <laughs> stop listening to my podcast. Yeah. Go learn the trade. <laughs> yeah. Not every libertarian needs their own podcast to talk about this shit. So just go out, live your life, and do your thing. I'm like, you know what? He's got a point. Yeah. I'm just going to start hunting. I'm just gonna go out and start hunting and fuck everything. <laughs> you know? I'll tell you, and you know what? Maybe that that might actually be the answer. Now, I I, I say that in jest, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like I love those guys, like Mark and <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and, and the rest of those guys over at Lines of Liberty. But the the thing is, is like media in this country, in terms of the propaganda, the mainstreams, those they're they're toast. I think there was something on uh, Drudge today that it was talking about the low cash flow for advertisers that are trying to save their own ass. Like kind of in relation to what we were talking about earlier with the COVID uh, mandates, people are fucking leaving and everything else. And you got the advertisers who are trying to cut back so they're not putting as much money into uh, the the advertisement on propaganda. And so those guys are dying and by the numbers. Now podcasts have actually become the number one source of news and information for mm-hmm. for not only America but for the world, and that's saying something, right? Like that's that's like, well, I I can understand. Like, there's a number of libertarian podcasts out there that you know get like negative five listeners, and you know the four mm-hmm. or so that they might get might be their mom or something. But you know, it's like <laughs> it, it, it's it's not to say that they're not valuable and especially like, oh, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like those guys that are doing a lot of that local work, especially or state work or whatever it is at that level. I think that's super important for a lot of people. And there's still it, that decentralized way to make money. And I think that's yep. really cool. Really important for people is like, Hey man, you, you got fired from your corporate job. Fucking you got a skill. You got some, you got some smarts. You can talk to people. People enjoy that kind of stuff. Maybe you can go out and get a mm-hmm. few sponsors that are done paying for network news and got lots of damn budget to advertise with you. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah, absolutely, just an idea for people out there maybe looking. Yeah, I'm honestly a huge proponent of people if they have the if they have an idea and they're like, you know, what? I'm gonna start a podcast. Like, dude, fucking go for it. Like, it's go for it. If you can talk, you can do a podcast. You know, obviously, <laughs> it comes to the one. It comes to one of those things where it's like you know, be consistent and be honest and also blah blah blah. And have people, interesting people on like you, Shane, and everything, and you, Jordan. It's like, I might not be interesting, but I can at least talk to interesting people, maybe. Sure. But, um, I think it's one interesting. Of, thanks, man. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. But it's one of those things, like, if you want to start a podcast, especially if you're a libertarian, or you're a hunter, or you're a pro-gun, or you're a Democrat, or you're a fucking transgender, whatever the fuck, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, go out and speak your truth, yeah. sister. Go for it. Like Hillary, and, Hillary and Clinton. See, yeah. And see, you're right. And see who listens. And if nobody listens, oh well. At least you can put your voice out there into the void, and you can feel good about yourself. It's, like, it's one hey, of those things. It's like, go for it, man. We can Fuck talk shit, show. but guess what? All these libertarian podcasts are still alive and kicking and rocking. And Barack Obama and fucking that singer dude. What was his oh. name? Melon Camp, I think was it. Or no, who was it? Don't, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Spring. Don't put Melon Camp down like <laughs> Their that. Their podcast didn't survive, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah, that didn't survive the pandemic. No, it didn't survive shit. <laughs> Did you listen to it? The two most fucking ridiculous people to have making their own podcast is like, what was it called even? I can't remember, but it was fucking god awful. Rocking the free roll or something. I don't know. Did you listen to it, Shane? No, I, I haven't. But I, I do like your classification. And now that I'm not running for office ever again. 
um your 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 classification of the transgender whatever the fuck is that like is that the new category like lbg q oh, yeah, t f uh the, t the whatever the fuck words. <laughs> yeah absolutely when you get it. when you start getting tongue twisted if you just say whatever the fuck it's fine i love like, that that cover that covers it dude you got you you guys have been hunting a little bit more huh I have Jordan. I Jordan doesn't because he's I not. I work fucking fifty hours a week, man. Yeah, he's a fucking anti-working class bro. He's a working class fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> I work fifty hours a week. I have a band. Uh, I just got a PS Five. It's very important. Yeah, those are my priorities. Priorities, bro. It, it, it <laughs> you know, and that's totally understandable. And every time dude. I go out, eat, wait, I take too large of a dose of edibles. And it just fucks my whole night. Oh up. Yeah. man, that's yeah, dude. Uh... You came to fucking Halloween, and you're like, "Hey, bro, I just ate like four edibles, two. so I don't know what's going to happen right now." I'm like, "Shit, dude, how, how many how many milligrams are you getting to?" Uh, these are twenty milligrams per. per? So, I mean, it's not a huge amount. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that... So that was I was rocking on like forty milligrams the other day, dude. I ate one and a half, and that. But I had a series of situations that contributed to my downward spiral on that day, but that's well, a different story. Well, for mere mortals, I mean, sometimes five to ten is quite a bit. You know, like, quite a bit. <laughs> so there's some time travel, and all the the continuum goes away, and then some people call the cops, and they're like, "I think I'm not breathing," but you know, you're still alive <laughs> yeah. somehow. Yeah, it, 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 it was that one where the guy called up and he's like, "Man, I think we stopped time." <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, yeah. you you definitely overserved. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I'd like to say Jordan allegedly did these. Edibles. Oh yeah, yeah. Hear, yeah, yeah hearsay, yeah. right? Allegedly hearsay. I ate them in Minnesota and then drove to Iowa. Oh yeah, so there you go. Well, you didn't drive. Alleged. No, I got driven. You got an Uber. Iowa. You got an Uber yeah. back down. Alleged. Yep. I walked. Allegedly Ubered from Minnesota. It's fine. Um, but so since we're on that topic, um, I have been listening. So since we're all veterans here and we're all part of that community a little bit too, I've been hearing a lot of talk about like psilocybin and DMT, like severely help, like really helping <laughs> veterans that are struggling with PTSD. Yeah. And that is one, one, one huge goal of mine with this podcast too, is to talk to more veterans on here and get their, get their stories out, talk to them a little more. And maybe even possibly help them in, you know, because obviously the whole 22 a day thing, veteran suicide, Fuck the yeah. rates are still fucking ridiculous. It's right? crazy. I mean, it's insane. It's insane how many veterans come back and fucking kill themselves. And it's something that I, no matter, even if I help one dude out there, it'd be fucking awesome. But I know I'm not super educated in like the psilocybin DMT. Um, what do you call them? Fucking. I'm drawing up. Well, like, like mushrooms? Yeah. Like psychedelics? Psychedelics. There you go. Yeah. Psychedelics. Helping a lot of people out there that are struggling with depression and PTSD and all that shit. And I know you guys are a lot more versed in that than I am. I'm but. not very versed. I just like THC. Well. And that keeps mostly. me, I don't know, it just kind of helps a lot with like with my broken ass body, like inflammation mm -hmm. and things like that. It seems like it helps. I don't know. It does. But I guess the science behind like microdosing with psychedelics or having a psychedelic experience, from what I understand, is that it kind of helps you face your issues on your own, like by yourself. I don't mm -hmm. know, though. I haven't done psychedelics since I've been deployed. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something that I'd, I'd like to experiment with, yeah. I would, I, I would like to invite you guys to come and experience it then, because I just started the Brave Mission down here in Waleska, Georgia. 
And we're doing just this. We're taking veterans out with uh, post-traumatic stress. We're going to take other people out with post-traumatic stress, and we run them through an experience. So uh, I was introduced to this a while back and was, you know, a big proponent of, uh, you know, high doses of THC to start doing some of this work, right? It was, you know, it was positive, small stuff at first. And it just, like you were saying, Jordan, you know, uh, helps with the aches and pains, helps you get some good night rest, which is absolutely vital to your health first and mm-hmm. foremost, right? Like rest is like that first pillar uh, in, in, you know, your, 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 health in terms of like rest diet uh your information uptake exercise things like that that i think a lot of things that get pushed to the side and ignored uh because when you're young you don't have to think about these things it's just not you know you can like you said you can go drink a damn fifth of jack and then get up and run it off you know for pt in the morning and like that doesn't happen when you're 40 after you started you know your your career and all that kind of stuff so the the, uh, the the post-traumatic stress and psilocybin, I was actually, I just did a show on this earlier today. Uh, it's called The the Death of Fear. And there's, a, there's so much to unpack with veterans, post-traumatic stress, and just post-traumatic stress and, and psychedelics for, one, for all things. The, the number of people that were just studied in the Johns Hopkins uh, psychedelic research. This was uh, a group of about 3,100 people uh, that they did a, a study on. And of these people, 90% who went through the experience with this not only said that they felt less anxiety about death, but they actually had very meaningful spiritual type of uh, experience and now purpose for their lives. So in in terms of like being an event, they rated it in the top five of all events in their entire life. I mean, you think about that, you know, for me, you know, marriage, kids, uh, surviving war, and then this, right? And, and, And that in terms of an experience in your life that you will never forget, at least you know, your first time. And the thing is, is you don't need more than one trip. But, you know, if you're one of those people that's a warrior and, you know, you have this warrior spirit that, you know, somewhere along the line, they corrupted in America where they were like, hey, yeah, you know what? Red, white, and blue, say the pledge, stand for, you know, the national anthem, take your hat off. Uh, let's be star spangly awesome and badass and free and all that kind of stuff that got corrupted where it said, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to go do this stuff for the banks and we're going to do this stuff for American quote unquote interests and the you know, bureaucracies and the politicians and all that kind of stuff that got totally perverted, co opted, and transformed. You know, they, pervert, they perverted the warrior class and this helps you kind of recognize that. So there's, there's a lot of different experiences. And as you guys have, you know, questions about this, this is somewhere, you know, I'd, I'd love to help you guys or anybody in your audience with, uh, if they want to reach out, because what we're doing is we're taking guys out, um, there, I live out here now, there's about 2000 acres of untouched Cherokee forest and all mm-hmm. over the place out here, there are things that are, you know, what they call, you know, touch trees, like they're, they're bent trees where, these trees were left by the Cherokee hunters that came out to the forest. They would tie them off as saplings so that they would point and help not only themselves, but other generations after them find things like springs or holy places, graveyards, meeting points, hmm. um, mm-hmm. all of these just amazing things. And so 
you go out and you sit with these things and you you have your trip and you know under the right supervision uh two and a half grams in a, in a really powerful place like that it will give you kind of phase one where you have the dying and then as you're exiting phase one and coming you know kind of back up uh the rebirth uh and this this event that continues to last long after that hours after that uh in the right hands has the ability to absolutely change your life for the better and i mean talking like purpose driven mission driven uh full of excitement and and passion ready to go out and do something completely different than you know that corrupted code uh that you know got you there in the first place not to mention you know you guys are brothers i took my brother out and we used to play in the woods all to you know all the time together and mm-hmm. you know at some point i don't know when that was probably when we were teenagers we stopped doing that and i don't know like yep. i don't understand it i don't understand why like going out and sitting with a bunch of dudes and having you know like real conversations ever got to that point where society was like man bury that shit down never fucking talk about it never never bring it up never talk about you know how you know there are some things that are you know what like a weakness in you right like that that yeah. that that got so bastardized and perverted and this changes it this changes it all and there's you know there's there's a lot more to it than even you know what i've said so far but this this mm-hmm. effect that psilocybin has for post traumatic stress cannot be underrated not not even a little bit in fact i think it's been suppressed because people who have gone through this who report that their anxiety and their depression and their uh, fear is gone because now they control their own OODA loop. They control the space between their ears and now it's a fortress that nobody else can fuck with. When you have people like that with the skills that we have, those people are impossible to enslave. And they are absolutely some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. Like that holy we're going to reintroduce all this shit yep and mm-hmm. and not just that um there's a lot to unpack with what you just said there shane but uh the biggest thing is it's not that hard to really understand uh why psilocybin mushrooms and why dmt and all that stuff is so bastardized in society today is because look at what we, we just talked about covid and how powerful that was and just look at how much money Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer and Moderna and all these other fucking people made off of mandated vaccines. Mm-hmm. Like the mandate didn't come down as it being like, you know, it, we didn't really get punished. We didn't get put in prison for not taking it, but you were ostracized from a society. If you lived in an area that was very COVID scared, if you will, or, you know, I, I don't know. If you lived in a certain area, you got bastardized. You got pushed out of society if you didn't get the vaccine. And stuff like psilocybin mushrooms, it is take it takes away a huge, huge chunk of profit from these pharmaceutical companies. And we and people like you, Shane, talk about this all the time with pharmaceuticals and their power and their reach and their control. But my God, can you you have to be absolutely completely blind to not realize at least how much money these people made off of COVID and just imagine how much money they're making consistently, constantly off of the constant depression and constant fear from people 
you know, from people that are depressed. Like, what what do you do when you are depressed? You go to the doctor and you talk to them. They say, okay, they they take you to a specialist, and the specialist is like, yeah, okay, yep, 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 sure, writing down on their little notebook. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's pretty scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely very depressed. You've been through a lot in your life. You know, man, I'd really like to help you, but you know what would really help you is this big old pill bottle full of fucking whatever anti-depression, anti-anxiety medication. And once you get on one set of them, you get on another set. And it's just a never-ending cycle of being on these pills that that actually don't have have any side effects. Yeah, not only uh, non-proven side effects, but actually in, in a lot of cases, the opposite. Right, there's a lot of people oh. who take depression medicine and they absolutely tap out. Like, I mean, kill mm-hmm. themselves. Um, I actually had a, a buddy whose dad was in Navy SEAL. Um, you know, we had had some conversations about some things once I was out. And we were talking about you know starting a, a gun range and all this kind of stuff. And two weeks later, that guy was dead. He had he had Jesus. he had started two um, he had, he had started a couple med meds and the antidepressant that they gave him. Within two weeks, he was he he took his own life, and Jeez. like you were just like, what the hell happened? I mean, son, amazing son. It's not like he's ashamed of the the, the boy he raised. The guy is still a Navy SEAL. He you know was a sniper mm-hmm. instructor, just a complete <laughs> badass, and, and I love that guy. And then his his wife, man, you you talk about out kicking your coverage like his like there was there was this picture didn't make any sense for them to put this guy on depression but to your point that baseline of what they were selling was that mass psychosis that fear and if you had a yep, population yep. that was just like nah no nah, i'm not afraid of covid i've got a 10,000 year old fucking immune system i know what that immune system has survived in in a lot of cases cuz i've been out in it the fact that it survived mm-hmm. the mosquitoes the fact that it survived you know the common cold maybe a cut or some shit like that back in the day like those were fucking death sentences and oh the, yeah the idea that you have something that grows out of the ground that you can grow in your house that you know performs naturally and from like a single mushroom you will never ever ever have to do anything else in terms of replenishing your uh your source right because if you take mm-hmm. the, the spore print from psilocybin and you put that stuff down into a uh you know a temperature humidity control safe place you can take spores from that thing anytime you need to start to grow again and begin all over just from that forever mm-hmm. that's it like there there are literally <clears throat> these types of things that are, should be handed down like i don't know like sourdough bread recipes from one generation to another generation there are some people that have you know like their great great grandmother's sourdough recipe uh that is actually the same culture that she started right same thing with psilocybin this is one of those things where it is such a prolific easy natural thing to interface with and you have a you have a psychedelic system right you not only do you have an endocannabinoid system but you have a system that's built to receive and deal with psychedelics and you should ancient humanity started uh, this a long time ago especially in the uh, mediterranean uh, with the greeks and the romans and and all these other people minus you know before the catholic church got a hold of it but they were doing this stuff with ergot they were doing this stuff with spike punch they were doing this stuff all over the place and they called it the glue that kept humanity together right like to be able to Mm -hmm. empathize to see things from other points of view to consider why somebody might do something before you jump down their fucking throat or go to war with them 
And mm-hmm. boy, you, you start talking about a world that doesn't fear, that has empathy, that works together in a consentful way, not because they're forced to, you've got, you've got a completely different world. Yep. Yeah. And when you talk about those ancient culture, ancient civilizations, ancient cultures and stuff too, that they held like, especially like mushrooms up to a very high regard. And the, they were at war all the time. Like they were constantly fighting, either fighting or hunting or gathering. They're living hard lives. So imagine how did they not kill themselves? You know, Mm -hmm. how are they not just like, fuck it. I'm just going to fall on the sword and just end the civilization probably because they had access to those, they to those things and they weren't afraid and they had, they had their gods and all this other stuff, which is a whole another aspect of, you know, mushrooms well, they, to talk about, they like, had a, you talk about gods and God and everything else. Almost but. all these ancient cultures that we're talking about too have some kind of virtue system that they hold above their own life. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like we need to preserve this thing and our right. sons need to pervert, you know, preserve that thing as well. Right. And it's like, now we don't really have that. Now it's mostly self-serving kind of shit but to go back a little bit on what you guys were talking about there i kind of wanted to comment <clears throat> on the psilocybin thing so i was on antidepressants for a while mm-hmm. and what the, what they do especially like with doctors and like these pharmaceutical companies is they treat it like an anesthetic you know or it's like we need to numb your fucking terrible thoughts oh right right you know we need those yep. to go away or we just don't want to see them really is what it comes down to and if you have like a big ass open wound and you're just constantly numbing the pain, it's going to get infected and kill you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Psilocybin, psychedelics, um, I would say THC too, kind of forces you to be introspective and to face your problems yep. and to put a bandage on the wound and to take care of it. That was something I was, I was going to jump back to on as well. Where it is, it's like, it, to me, I've never, I've never been on antidepressants or anxiety stuff like that i i'm not saying i have never been depressed or i've never been anxious about things for long extended periods of time but i've i've just grown up to and always been so just like you know i don't need that shit i don't need that shit for like for one two like i'm a pretty i'm I'm a christian and i you know i i pray and i i try to go to church when i can but um i feel like i'm pretty strong mentally but that you know when it, I feel like when you get put on antidepressants and stuff like that, you just, it's not curing anything. You're just putting it, you're putting your feelings inside of a bottle, a, like a literal bottle. And once that bottle runs out, so what, like, what's the wean off process of something like that? Jordan? There isn't one. Exactly. There isn't one. It's just saying, lifetime member. numb yourself. Yeah. Lifetime. You're a lifetime member. That's what they want. They yep. want a lifetime subscription of subsidized pill takers. Right, like it's yep. That's that's their that's their business model, and 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 mm-hmm. Jordan, I'm glad you brought that up, man. This when when you first do this, you know, I would I would definitely recommend if you got a shaman and you have access to a shaman, use a shaman. Um, mm-hmm. This is this is their job, right? Like this this is what they live to do because they have so much conviction in it. Um, two and a half grams of psilocybin is is a pretty good first trip, right? Like you you have the ability depending on time and place. And I definitely would say this. I would recommend that it's quiet and it's peaceful and there's no distractions and that you're not going out to party, you've got no other agenda. Probably fast for at least, you know, I'd say 6, but if you can, 
fast for 12 hours before you take something like this. And then, you know, there's a, there's a great method that, uh, that I use in this experience where we go out prior to dawn and it's like going out for a hunt, right? And so if you go out and you've, you're sitting and you're ready by the time, um, you know, you get there. So, you know, give 15 minutes so you can get adjusted, get ready, um, do whatever you need and then blast off, right? That, that time, that introspection, when you, you know, kind of die, right? What they call you, you, you fall into yourself. It's, it's fairly lucid. Um, but the more you do this, the more control you have during these things. And for guys that are fighters, right? Like for the warrior class to be able to go in and not only fight their own demons, but then to see the breakdown of of this time and space and fight demons that are you know possibly i don't know not here that are different realms different dimension different time different space whatever it is right where you are doing some real real work within your own mind this is something that i don't think gets addressed enough because if you can do this kind of stuff where you as a you know this person who's a warrior that wants to you know to exercise this mind muscle let's let's face it the strongest warriors have the strongest minds and when when you can when you can master your own mind and go in over and over and over again and create this you know the steel person because every time you do it it's going to be kind of a different thing uh depending on what your intentions are what your experiences are the dosage Right. And, and I, I will tell you, you know, some of my biggest revelations have come um, as I've taken more. So you know, they say five is a hero's dose. Above that, you're starting to get into some some real work. And I'll tell you, you know, if you walk out into the middle of nowhere into, you know, safe environment, be smart um, right. or, or take a shaman. But if you can do this kind of work on your own, like you go out into the forest before dawn and have a trip and then uh, as you're coming out of this and 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 i mean like you're going to feel as if you're being resurrected and you're starting to learn like all this again you're having those moments of like you're getting older you can feel like the the age right and it's not that it lasts but it's like now you're starting to learn to function all over again. The humility that comes with it, it's in the the acceptance that maybe you're not a young person anymore, and that you've got value and experience to give back to younger generations to teach them about this kind of stuff, where it's not crazy, right? Like you were to say, Jordan is like we haven't had these cultural um, things to pass down, right? These these things that have to be preserved. Mm-hmm. So like as a, as a homesteader out here on a mountain that talks about psychedelics and talks about the warrior culture <laughs> and like hunting and all this kind of stuff, having your kids understand what this stuff is early and that it doesn't have the stigma and that this is actually a vital part of humanity, this is a, this is a super important part in terms of like rites of passage and like, like I was telling you guys before I think we started the show is like, out here, we had Cherokee Indians that would come up here into the hunting lands and, you know, they were probably chomping at the bit by fall to come out here and get with their boys and probably the guys in the neighboring tribes on the other side of the watershed, they would all come out here. And I guarantee you, they were doing, you know, some sort of psychedelics. Then they were hunting and doing more psychedelics and doing like 
having the time of their fucking lives out here, becoming young men, learning cultures, hearing stories that are passed down. And I mean, what a what an opportunity to to restore and resurrect culture, you know, that we've we've absolutely been, I don't know, kind of like we've outsourced it. We've outsourced mm-hmm. all the uncomfortable, the struggle, the adventure. We've outsourced all this kind of shit to God knows where. And like, once you start getting back into that and you show those those kids those kind of things, oh my God, you want to talk about just kids that are energized to be out in the woods doing things, learning things, touching things. Like, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's one thing that for me that has really helped me, obviously. When I, growing up, Jordan and I, we grew up we went out hunting with our dad you know doing that kind of thing uh but then when we joined the military obviously that all that took a back burner um i didn't do i did zero hunting while i was in the service and when i got out um is that was always one thing i really wanted to do i wanted to get back into and just kind of jump into that into that world and kind of re just recapture some of my my youth before being the before being in the army but um the biggest thing is that when I go out hunting, it is like a very spiritual experience. Like when I'm out there, even when you're with your buddies and doing these things, it's like you're out there in nature and you're just taking it all in. Like I would never be a fucking hiker. Like just being like, oh yeah, I'm going to go hike some fucking woods for no reason. I need a goal. Like I need something to do. I need to, I, I need to have a goal. Even if I don't, even if I go out there hunting and I am just hiking with a bow and arrow or a fucking gun or whatever it is, I have a goal. I have a purpose. I have a mission. I'm out there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do these things, and I'm, but I'm going to enjoy the process. I'm going to enjoy everything that is from here to the end goal. Even if I don't kill anything, mm-hmm. I still have an extraordinary experience, but I can't. I'm not a guy where I'm just like, yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go fucking hike around in the cold and wake up at fucking 3 in the morning to go hike this mountain for no reason but to see what's up there yeah. <laughs> you know like, that, that just ain't me well, what maybe it, that's a little... jim gaffigan where he, he's got that joke about you guys that are hikers i don't get it apparently you just <laughs> walk around you're not even walking towards anything <laughs> yeah like... <laughs> i like hiking exactly i mean hiking is is cool but this is not something that i'm like i'm not gonna be a big hiker but i i guess to kind of relate to you uh when i'm hiking quote unquote hiking. I was not renowned for its world class hiking, but no. Um I'm <laughs> but when I am doing some dumb shit like that, I'm usually foraging or looking for something. Yeah. Mushroom hunting, foraging oh, yeah. to a certain extent. Like discovering sort of trying modern. to be like, yeah, okay, this is like some this is something in my fucking brain that it does. Yep. Because yep. I mean there's a theory out there too that like ancient super ancient cultures, like even more even older than what modern historians are really kind of telling is that a, they're not. They weren't agriculturalists. They were hunter-gatherer societies. Mm-hmm. And B, they took psychedelics very regularly. Oh sure. yeah, hundred percent. And the idea. Uh, so I watched Graham Hancock's show recently today. It's fantastic. Yeah, by it way. is. I Who's recommend that? it. What's that? Who's that? Yeah, he wrote a book back in the '90s called "The Fingerprint of the Gods." Oh okay. The idea is that human civilization is way older than. 10,000 years or even, even, you know, 10,000 years is kind of like that jumping off mark, right? 10,000 BC is where Mm -hmm. a lot of the mainstream academics say that, you know, that's kind of like modern humanity kind of started. It's bullshit. Oh, 
Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. the whole idea of evolution and shit is kind of flawed, I guess, mm. to a certain extent. But okay. Yeah, the idea is that they had some sort of t- crazy like technology very similar to what we have now way back then and there was a cataclysmic event which in the bible is usually the flood yep there's a flood in every single culture is lore right sure and i guess the idea is that they had some kind of technology that was related to taking psychedelics and being hunter-gatherers oh, okay. like they were connected to a certain extent mm-hmm. and we've lost it in our brains to have that connection anymore yeah i think i think we all kind of like, even if you dial it back to like the viking age you know they were all hunter gatherers like they they i guess they were agriculturists too but you know yeah i don't know in norway and shit they didn't exactly have the best farming ground that's yeah. why when they came to iowa they're like hell yeah this <laughs> but... is easy <laughs> yeah this is this is awesome yeah no you those cultures definitely, those cultures definitely but, went agriculturalists yeah they sure. did they did I, and th- but the thought process of the societies and stuff being started with agriculturists is that because it freed up you know the the hunger i guess being mm-hmm. like okay because hunter gatherer societies are known to be like okay they're they were very uh um uh wild because that was their only goal they were constantly hungry and they couldn't if they didn't kill anything or gather anything then they weren't eating that day so that was very, very much of a, a primal mindset where that's all they're doing and they weren't building cities but when they started agriculture and actually growing things on purpose Instead of going and finding it, they just had it, and that's what freed up oh, minds yeah. to create societies. That kind of what that's a, what, yeah, it's, what that it's kind of like low time preference, is. right? Yeah, low time yeah. preferences. Like you're saving today in order to give yourself a better chance tomorrow, and yeah. right. and, and delayed gratification. Yeah, is one of those things that you know was a, a, a big cultural shift that absolutely help the species uh, proliferate over time you know diversity mm-hmm. of skills and everything else so yeah it was uh, it was it was one more thing to help humans crawl out of the muck and the mire and and thrive on this uh you know space rock right well and that's one of those things too which is kind of interesting because even when you with today's day and age where you find these random tribes on the middle of nowhere <laughs> it seems like every society ever in the history that's been recorded at least has always had some form of religion and a lot of that stems from the fact that a lot of those shamans ended up turning into priests right mm-hmm. kind yeah, of thing. they were they were an elevated class yeah unlike what we see with modern religions because they held the answers well yeah <laughs> if you guys read the immortality key by any chance no oh man absolutely uh brian moraski is the guy it's it, it, I would listen to it. Uh, you know, if, if you're like me, uh, don't have a ton of time, you know, real thick books, especially that are God knows how many different languages and everything. This Brian Moraski guy's like botanist, archaeologist, Indiana Jones, and, you know, has some, you know, key into the back of the Vatican. This guy is amazing. And he did all this research throughout antiquity and has, you know, seen firsthand exactly what we're talking about in terms of psychedelics being used he's not a psychedelic user never has used it to kind of keep himself as you know an objective uh type of uh author and uh went out and and proved for a fact that the catholic church made the eucharist a placebo and why would you do such a thing you do it first and foremost so that you go you know these guys out here 
are coming to you to see God and anything that they can give to you in terms of a penance helps you uh, make some money. And then on top of it, to hide the to hide the idea that you can commune through this, you know, what was called the forgotten, you know, uh, religion, a, a kind of a mystics type of religion, right? So you have these trips, you have the psychedelic experience, and you experience uh, a lot of times time and space differently. You experience different ideas of what God is. And for a lot of people that have done this kind of stuff, you know, like once upon a time I was, you know, what I think most people would consider a Christian is how I was brought up. And now it's just like I have such a better understanding of my own spirituality that I don't think any church could ever give me. And I kind of look at it and I'm like, the fact that we're not serving real psychedelics in churches, the the fact that Mm -hmm. like we're not having, you know, real, no kidding, life altering spiritual uh, trips and journeys when they're available to us in in terms of such a positive, you know, like we, we were talking about earlier, it's just why are we? Why are we depriving ourselves of these kind of things? Yeah, yeah, that's a very interesting point too about the Catholic Church, well, uh, basically gatekeeping God. They they, they always their, did. through their bureaucracy. Yeah, of they course. they always did. They, uh, they didn't want the Bible translated into mm-hmm. every language either. Yeah, they, they, wanted, they, they also didn't want it accessible to the common man. No, the common man wasn't supposed to learn Latin or yeah. Hebrew or whatever the fuck. Latin, Hebrew, Greek. Yeah, yeah. they weren't supposed to learn those languages. That's what the <laughs> priests were there for to tell you what's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, trust you know? us. Trust. They trust us. Take we, the vaccine. Know, we have the we have the book that you cannot read. And then when they wanted to uh, um to translate it into every language known to man, like they didn't like that. This... They didn't like that at all. Because then that means, oh, so you want the common man to have access to God? Like, then what are we here for? Yeah. The substitute you know? again, right? right? The, the the miracle yeah. of 70, what, 72 monks or whatever the hell it was that all came out and translated that damn thing word for word exactly the same. You're <laughs> like, oh, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too spiritually, I guess, is that um, I believe in God, a God, the idea of God. Yeah. And to live the way that God, I think, wants me to live. And that doesn't exactly line up with a church or a doctrine necessarily. Yeah. It's just my own personal experiences, revelations I've personally had. Yeah. I, I, and I still believe in God. I'm still, I still consider myself a Christian and everything like that. And I try to go to church because it, it, because for one, it makes me feel good. And for two, I do think that um, the, you know, I think Christianity really helped. Well, helps, I think it helps a lot of people deal with a lot of shit. And but also, like when it comes to the idea of God and knowing God, it's a spiritual journey as a person to find God and learn about Him and trust Him and everything else. But he, it's not something tangible. You can't touch God. You got to feel Him. And that's kind of what. what one thing that makes me even more interested in psychedelics in psychedelics because it's one of those things where it gets you more in touch with your spirituality whatever that spirituality is like for me being a, being a christian i feel like that's one of those things that could get me get my mind wrapped around it maybe even a little bit easier because mm-hmm. no one knows you know god is a it's a, it's a feeling it's just one of those it's a, something that's inside of you yeah. and how can you really understand that if you're constantly, your brain's constantly locked. Right. Know? And I think also the uh, authors of all these religions, like the authors of the Bible, or, you know, that's just the one I have the most contact with. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think their intention wasn't like, you know what we need to do? We need to start a community that, like, only we're going to let the people in that say the things that we say. 
I think their original intent was these people need a connection with God. I'm going to write a connection here. Yeah. Read it. Enjoy it. Understand I, it. I felt this. I'm giving it to you. Yep. And I mean, just the way that the Bible's written, too, you can, I mean, we've, we've had these conversations millions of times. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's I, from the start, from Genesis, you know, that's not a literal creation story. <laughs> you know, yeah, for right. the most part, it is just a poetic version of the separation of the Hebrews from the Babylonians. You know what I mean? Yep. That's what it was, a separation mm -hmm. of civilizations. There's there's also something really interesting um, when you kind of juxtapose, you know, uh, religious text versus, let's just say, some naturalists, right? If you, if you if you read some naturalists out there, John Murr was a good one. Uh, Hemingway was was great. Um, guys oh, like Hemingway's the shit. Yeah, guys like that that knew themselves, like really knew themselves. I guarantee you, there a lot of these guys were tripping balls out mm -hmm. in in nature, right? And for for guys like us, I mean, I get it. You know, like I there was parts of you know organized religion that really did help and I don't think that it was so much the word as it was the the fellowship right to to sit down with other yep. people that are experiencing life from a different point of view and to whether you're the voice of reason that's helping somebody or you're the 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 recipitor of somebody's wisdom and e either mm -hmm. way you know it was that two-way street that give and that take that fellowship that made it something really interesting with with this uh side of it is like you don't need anybody else to go do this and do that mm -hmm. that internal work and so that's that's a big piece that I think I and I wish more people had that you know that that bravery to go and face alone and have these talks with themselves and figure it out and just really I mean do some extremely hard internal work but that's you, mm -hmm. the, after you get it done and now you start to do it you know with other with other dudes or you know a group of people whatever it is is mm -hmm. is like now you start to get to that point where you're like you know what i don't care like i don't care i don't care if you're christian i don't care you know none of that stuff i i don't care because here's the thing is that oodle loop now that fortress that you've gone in you've cleaned out you've taken out the corruption and you've said oh, this is this is my code this is this is what i love about the idea where regardless of religion when people just make the decision like this is the path this is the mission where it is pure and it's not corrupted and it's you know we don't hurt people and we don't take their stuff and you're just living by that because this just feels right in terms of like if i'm looking at that person over there and empathizing like that's a that's a t total cultural shift from like hey yes. man oh yeah i got mine fuck you guys right <laughs> Right. Yeah, no shit. Well, then that's also why Jesus was was and still is probably very controversial. Oh yeah. Was it was you know, no, my man, we are not going to cut that dude's fucking hands off. We're yeah. going to shake him. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully, you know. Yeah, Jesus was a good dude. Yeah, yeah I think but he did yeah, a lot of mushrooms. The idea... yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, probably. Sure. Well, I mean, probably yeah, did. the idea of when he was he probably did so many. That's why he was the son of God. When he disappeared in the desert and basically essentially beat the devil. I think that's the story. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. The idea is that he went to China and practiced Buddhism as well. Oh, huh. either way, you know, he's a pretty fucking cool dude, and he he did die for our sins. Yeah, did some miracles along the way for people. Yeah, he did some right? miracles along the way. That's, That's right. right. I mean, yeah. But 
going back to what you're saying, Shane, about uh, religion, fellowship, and everything else, and that go, that is one thing. Me, for me, growing up Christian and everything else, and the fellowship, um, I didn't really 100% get that from church because I don't know church people. You know, at, church people can kind of suck. Come down to Georgia, sometimes. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. They can, they can kind of suck. And um, for a guy like me, uh, growing up, you know, listening to heavy metal and having gauge ears and a red mohawk and shit as a as a teen, as a young man, uh, they did, I wasn't exactly the poster boy of Christianity or living a godlike life. Yeah. But I did in my actions where I might look a certain way, but I was always very respectful of other people. But that's way off subject. What I'm trying <laughs> to get to is I didn't get that fellowship from church per se, but I did get that fellowship in the hunting community. Mm-hmm. And I did get that fellowship in military. the military, dude. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in the, when we were in the military, it's like you were, were forced to, <laughs> you were forced to be compassionate and be understanding and be a team with people that you've never, you are from all different walks of life. Yeah. And a lot of people forced to, and that is a very good point. And a lot of people do point to that. I will take it one step further. You'll make a connection with people that you deploy with for sure. You'll make a a bigger connection with people that you deploy with. It's like for the first time in my life in Afghanistan, that was the time when I was like, my life is second right now. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to sound like some heroic douchebag chode or some shit, but like, you know, like honestly, dude, like, I care about these dudes more than I do about myself right, right now. Right. Well, because yeah, they're your force before, multiplier. I, I went. What was that? They're they're your force multiplier. You keep those guys safe, and they're going to keep yeah. you safe. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Keep we, them safe and keep them happy. But man. the thing is, we all had that mentality. Yeah. Everybody like, everyone on my team did. Yep. I know everyone on your team did. I'm sure. Is I I'm sure everyone on your team. Yeah. Most of guys. No. <laughs> we 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 got rid of yeah. them. No. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. Well, there there's. There's a bad egg in every fucking batch, you know what I'm saying? Uh, definitely but, at the <laughs> platoon level, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things where, you know, we knew if I did my utmost, I trained because I wanted to help keep my, you know, brothers my left and right alive just as much. And, and they trained hard because that. And they knew, and we all knew, too, that, you know, if we're yelling at each other, be like, hey, fucking crank out one more push-up, crank out one more step, crank out, like, run a minute faster on your run, do these things and you're going to be a better person for it. And you're going to be a force multiplier when we're in the battlefield. And it's, you know, we always push ourselves. We might call, our, call ourselves fucking pussies and all this other stuff and be mean to each other from people from the outside looking in, but it's all because we're trying to make each other better. Yeah. And like we, I, I don't know with me, I got that fellowship and that camaraderie in the military and that carried that carried through all the way through my military life. And when I got out, I knew I wanted to get into hunting because I knew I felt that same type of camaraderie. It's not the exact same, obviously, but that same type of camaraderie in the hunting community. And when I got out and I started seeing that, and it's very true. Like when you get out there and you're out there on a mountain and you're hunting elk or deer or whatever you're trying to do, and you're out there with your buddies and you're all on the, have a single goal to do this thing. I don't know. It's just a different feeling and you get a, a whole different sense of accomplishment once it's done too. Well, and, and uh, let's, let's add another element to this, right? Uh, there's a lot of these different religions. Uh, I think Taoism, Buddhism uh, kind of cover this kind of stuff, but the, 
uh, there's a lot of religion that does not, and there's this certain vibration that you can help yourself out with uh, through suffering and nature together. And I mean that because when you get down in the dirt mm-hmm. and you're in contact, like you're literally grounded, and there's this 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 idea uh, that has now been scientifically proven. This guy. Uh, was talking about like grounding his bed and he had this you know idea and so he set out and uh, there was a, a, a I guess this Arizona University professor that was like not only do I not believe in your thesis but I'm going to actively help you prove it wrong and they went out and they studied like 65 people they grounded them while they slept and not only did they sleep better uh, their anti their their inflammation went you know uh, down by factors and and they started mm-hmm. to lead uh, you know get better rest get be better uh, you know adjusted had better days and you know ideas and every like the 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 idea that you can go out into nature get grounded into the earth's energy together and suffer a little bit that's something that I mean. I don't know. I, the, the miracles of this world and the workings that I'm trying and in, in kind of discovering how to unlock a little bit. This is something that I think needs, you know, needs to be very prevalent in our culture. Go, go suffer a little bit with people. Go suffer yep. with some dudes that are going to help you not suffer as much as you have to suffer. But at the same time, call you on your you know your drama bullshit at the same time in in, in, a, in mm-hmm. the nicest way possible, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. let's yeah. let's let's go do this kind of thing, and um, you know, and and you'll you'll see the oh man, I'll tell you. So you'll you'll see uh, the the inner personalities come out at that point, right? And so, like, I've got my, like my brother's been out here. He's you know he's now in the tribe. I've got um, you know my shaman. I've got my hunter. Uh, I, you know, I just had a, another guy in from Iowa doing this kind of stuff. And so to see this tribe emerging and to see what the different passions and callings and like teachings that you guys can all have upon each other, that is an absolutely amazing piece that uh, that I don't mm-hmm. think it's talked about enough. No, it doesn't. And going back to the, the suffering part too, um, it's one of those things where uh, when when you suffer and you put yourself you put yourself and your body through really hard like hardship, like you go to the gym, like say it's as simple as just waking up early, going to the gym, cranking out a really hard workout. Then maybe you go to work all day. And you come home and fucking eight thirty rolls around. You're like, I'm ready for fucking bed, dude. And then you go to bed and you have great sleep. Yeah, because you're you're hurting your your body is telling you like i need time to heal i need sleep so we can rest so i can and if you're a man especially it's like when you're sleeping and you get proper rest your testosterone levels rise you get you become a different type of yourself and you just feel better but if you're not putting your body through stress like physical stress and not really hurting and not really doing these hard things that you're supposed to be doing especially as a man then you don't sleep very well because you're not working hard enough and you're so your testosterone levels lower and you're just becoming i don't know to be quite frank more of a bitch it's just the way it is <laughs> it all yeah. stems from the fact that you're probably not getting enough sleep because you're probably not doing anything hard because you're living a soft cushy life which you know in america especially it's really easy to fall into living a nice easy 
oh, cushy you can, life. You can outsource your discomfort. And and to your point yeah. too, with psychedelics, the other side of this that a lot of people don't talk about is the regenerative properties of neuroplasticity, which absolutely leads not only to uh, you know your 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 neural plasticity in your brain, but also in parts of your spine. So if you got a fucked up back like this guy. Like I had two surgeries yep. this year on my back, and went, sick. yeah, and I got hospitalized after the first one with an infection. So I was, you know, in the hospital for, for a few weeks, and when that happened, you know, to try to 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 be back where I was later this year with all the work that got put into it, you know, lots and lots of of this kind of stuff, where I don't know over the past three weeks where I got to take my boys out and actually sleep. On, in the dirt on the mountain like just in a sleeping bag i didn't think i was gonna make it guys like i really was like we built that damn fire that <laughs> night and i was thinking oh my god i'm i'm gonna die i'm gonna tap out like a bitch in front of like i was, was like all the bad things were in my mind and so instead of quitting you grit it out you stay out there you take one for the boys and you show them you know like what it's like to go out and live you know just have a taste of what your ancestors went through and thrived in. And yeah, I got to tell every you day. Yeah. What's happened in the, in this course of events is the healing that's transpired in my, in my back, in my mind, all these things. I, it's miraculous. A hundred percent miraculous. I got up that next morning after sleeping on that hard ass mountain that was harder than the knots in my hips and my back and everything else. <laughs> and I literally felt better. And I don't know if it was because oh, I was yeah. grounded. I don't know if it was, you know, uh, psychedelic. I, I have no idea. I have no idea exactly what the science is behind all of it. But I can tell you right now when this, when this <clears throat> all happens, this is absolutely proven through John Hopkins as well is that neuroplasticity um, and from psychedelics is something that not only heals your mind and your nervous system, uh, but it, like I said earlier, you know, starts to do a lot of soul work as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely dude. Yeah. We both have uh fucked up backs as well. Yeah, I actually just fucked my back up when we were at the gym <clears throat> yeah. yesterday. And the funny thing is uh, since we've, <clears throat> so I've always listened to the advice of, I've always appealed to authority, I guess with, you know, my back has been messed up since I got back from Afghanistan and gone to doctors and trying to figure it out and stuff like that trying to do what i thought was going to the experts you're right <clears throat> and they always said stay away from heavy weights mm-hmm. uh do light reps you know uh, a lot of reps lightweight you know low intensity high, vo- the, high volume the standard physical therapy and I, shit. yeah that's always my back has just never felt worse <laughs> since i start <laughs> since i started doing heavy weight training number one i gained a lot of weight that i needed to gain yeah, I mean, in the past ten months, I've gained uh, twenty pounds. Wow! And I'm not, I'm not like You're not fat. fat. No. And but I've, and I've also added um, one hundred and thirty pounds to my back squat. Oh yeah. I mean, there's like something related to strength, and those compound lifts that just makes your skeletal system so much better i don't know what the fuck it is well it's because i mean, I mean it's, you, it's you're, you're strong you're if yeah. you can be strong then you can i guess live strong right yep and, it's making your bones stronger too obviously when you're doing that when you're putting that much stress on your body and getting stronger and putting on more weight and putting more weight on the bar it's making your your not only your muscles stronger but it's making your whole skeletal structure stronger and as men especially it's like that's how we're built i don't care if you're five foot fucking three 
or you know six foot nine it's like you're supposed to be strong you're supposed to be doing hard things you're supposed to be lifting heavy weights and doing more when it comes to physical activity than females it's just that's how nature works that's how it is um when you're not doing that stuff you feel lost you're like oh my everything hurts everything sucks life sucks oh man i don't know what's going on but i just i'm pissed off all the time and yada 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 it's like because you're not doing what you're supposed to fucking be doing dude you know and it could have been a hormonal imbalance as well that could have had a contributing factor to that yeah well, that's what, well, that's what leads to hormonal imbalances too. Is when you're not doing hard, when you're not doing hard things. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. think uh, doing full body workouts four times a week has definitely increased my hormonal output. I guess if that's a real term. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't know if it's really, really true, but uh, I was told once by a dude that all your testosterone lies in your thighs. Mm. I don't it know if it's true sense. or not, but it for sure. Is in your that's central where, nervous system, which well, that is when you're doing you're like up. back squats and deadlifts and shit, you're working your entire body. So it's like you're just like, yeah, getting pumped full of fucking testosterone, ready to go, dude. That is where it's produced. I'm yeah, pretty well, sure. There it is. <laughs> you are the science. <clears throat> no skinny jeans around here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can wear skinny jeans if as long as you don't have skinny legs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> skinny <laughs> jeans. It's all in the eye. If you get so big, then every gene is going to be skinny. <laughs> I was about to so. say that. I was like, yeah, you, you do enough squats, and every damn jeans is a skinny pair of jeans. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah, I'm wearing boot cup pants, and I tell you what, my thighs are bulging. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should spend time filling out the pants you have instead of buying new ones. I'm quoting it. Hey, I like that. I'm, I'm copywriting it. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> well, you, what are you, Shane? Do you like work out? Still, I mean, you look from here. You look pretty good. So, yeah, still man, bald, I've, bald, I've, but... I've I've had to, I've had to modify uh, some things. You know, in, in terms of you know really dead heavy uh, types of squats and cleans and all that kind of stuff, man. Uh, I wish I could. Uh, there's there's not much. Uh, the, the, the doctor's like, yeah, you know, after two back surgeries and being on antibiotics for six months, we're gonna we're gonna take it easy. I mean, they took out you know a good part of uh two layers of disc in my back and um yeah yeah so you know it's you, you got to be smart and and you know as you age yeah. you'll get smart but i'll tell you right now with the mountains out here um i do hike and i will tell you right now me and my brother were out uh during uh his experience and we got to the top of this one hill you know we we're coming out of this ravine which is just probably the one of the most magical places you could come out of and the sun's coming up and he's like, man, you look like the wandering wizard of Waleska out here and uh, <laughs> got to the top. And he, he he's a, a little bit heavier than I am. Um, and he's like, you know, he's like, God, it's a, that's a, you know, that's a fucking ball buster hill, you know, just Billy goat stuff. And you yep. get to the top of it, he's like, oh, God, I got to I got to work out more. And I looked at him. I said, hey, man, let me tell you something. Let, let me tell you something about like marching up hills on Camp Pendleton with, you know, 100 pounds on my back or running up hills on Camp Pendleton with nothing on my back. Same then as it is now right here on this hill. I have never got to the top of the hill and went, man, that was fucking easy, right? Like never, <laughs> <Yeah>. never. <laughs> and and yeah. so, you know, th- this respect of like getting old and everything else, it's just like, fuck this, man. Like, Go out and be and move. Be physical. Push yourself. Yep. Find a limit and push a little bit more. And and like 
you know, be sm- you got to be smarter as you get old. So for me, it's not that I don't, you know, get to be extremely intense with, you know, like thigh, leg, calf, stabilizer muscles, all that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. go out and hike, you know, in rocky situations in the mountains out here, climb hills, go down hills, you name it. I'm telling you right now, your thighs are they're they're going to be smoked. Your calves are going to be smoked. Your and mm-hmm. your your system, your core stabilizer muscles, they're going to be smoked, and you're going to sleep really well. But yeah, man, I the the whole deadlifting and and cleans and stuff that I used to do as a young man, oh god, no, no, no more yeah. of that, I guess. Well, I you, you did. I mean, we're we were talking our shit, but uh, yeah, obviously. Be smart. Do <laughs> yeah. Do, do if you have do back surgeries, be careful. Yeah. Do everything you can within obviously your the parameters of your physical capabilities. Yeah. Don't go out there and put you know a thousand <laughs> pounds on a bar. Make I'm lifting this motherfucker, or else I'm not a man. That's not what we're saying. Obviously, <laughs> just find something, find something challenging to do. Yeah. And obviously, Shane, yes, you have awesome hills and mountains where you're at. Yeah. We live in North Central Iowa. <laughs> Everything's downhill. The, far, the farthest thing we have to climb in this motherfucker is upstairs to my bed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Greatest yeah, elevation change in the entire down. state. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't have Georgian mountains like you do. Yeah. All right. So we, I probably, you know, honestly, if I lived in, when I was living in Colorado, I did do a fair bit of hiking for certain things. You know, I was just stay in shape was one of them, but um, it's not, it's just, now that I'm, now that I'm so balls deep in hunting, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Just hiking to hike is kind of like, uh, but if I, I should, I don't know. I went to Kentucky not too long ago with my wife yeah, and daughter. We did a fair bit of hiking there, but it's the same thing. Like, even though I didn't plan on hunting that area, it's like, I was looking for things and is to, I don't know. It was different. It's, I'll tell it's you what, if, it, it, it is fun. It if, is fun. If you're doing stock hunts, especially like bow hunting, you know, Kentucky, oh, yeah. Georgia, Appalachians, it's it's some of the I, I don't know hardest but most forgiving if if that's a you know um like in, in the Rockies there's no forgiveness out there like you get up there no, and not. you're in you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time like you're you're not going to be forgiven in the Appalachians no. a lot of times you do have some forgiveness and and but at the same time it's extremely challenging so if you want to go out and do stock hunts with bows even rifles out here in the right place in the right time. You can have the adventure of your life, and really, I'll tell you right now, like you cover seven to ten miles in the Appalachians, you're going to be absolutely exhausted, <laughs> and you're probably going to have some yeah. good stories out of it and everything else. But you know, that's oh, yeah. that's a beautiful thing out here is you start to see, you know, down to the the minutia of like what's going on. You start to pick up game trails. You start to see. You know where the 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 I guess the last watering holes are for the wildlife, where there's consistently water and springs. Um, you know to to understand where their food sources are, what time of year like they're they're bulking up, trying to put on that fat where those trees are. Like if you got sawtooth pines for early in the fall, or now you know where they've had you know the the raining of acorns out here from the oak trees, where you know you start to pattern these things and understand exactly like where they're at in their their cycles and man Mm -hmm. to be able to move in and out and understand what that land is and then to be part of a you know like we were talking about earlier that culture 
that used to come out and do that to resurrect those guys um, and you know, kind of pay homage and tribute to in, in that area where you're at. It's, it's something that it's indescribable. And honestly, you know, my invitation to you guys, you guys want to come down, come down. Like we'll go do a thing and I'll introduce you to, you know, this whole thing. And like, and I mean, seriously, open invitation. Mm-hmm. I think we have hunting season through, awesome. um, the mid of January. And like right now, I think this weekend we're going to have like, I don't know, barely 40 something degrees in the, uh, during the day and then 20 at night. And so to go out, do a thing in the morning and then get your shit together after the experience and then go for a hunt later like no oh, yeah. in that area as those guys used to do wow man I, I gotta tell you like i'm excited about this kind of stuff this <laughs> this time of year it like, is cool this is the time where the hunters are out like the real hunters are out doing you know some really good stuff and you know if you know how to hunt oh, yeah. as a team oh man that's that's a good <clears> time Yeah, still here. Shane, yep. you there? Yeah, I got you. Oh, yeah. fuck. I thought I lost for a second. Glitched out for a second there. I'm like, oh, shit, fuck. Yeah. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Honestly, Georgia is has a, is really cool. Because um, awesome. you I mean, you do go out and you're you're a hunter, too. You go out and you hunt, right? Yeah. I mean, I saw you shot a nice buck. What was that? Two it was, years ago? It was, it was last year. Yeah, we had... Uh, or was it last year? Yeah, it was okay. the, the first buck I had actually taken off this property, minus the cow horns. Um, and, you know, like doing management and all that kind of stuff, we got rid of a lot of cow horns. Uh, we had an, just this ridiculous overpopulation because uh, the local uh, villagers out here, they, uh, they don't hunt. And they're kind of no-kill kind of people. And, you know, okay, great. Oh, really? More, more for the rest of us. But... To, to nice. make that population a stronger population to ensure, you know, that going forward that the deer are as healthy as possible. We've we've done quite a bit of culling of the cow horns and taken out mm-hmm. some of the older females and and, and and possibly some of the, the more aggressive females. So, you know, the, the herd population oh, yeah. out here is just, you know, one of the things that I love, not to mention – you know, we've got bobcat, we've got fox, we've got coyote, and for North Georgia, we have some 600-pound black bear that are absolutely... Oh, um, really? Oh, man, we got black bear all over the place up here, and it's... A, you guys got a season for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's right now. It, oh, uh, no shit. Yeah, so archery opens out here about mid-September and doesn't close down till mid-January, and you can go out, I think oh, it's... Oh, no shit. Yeah, I think it's one bear uh, every season, and I think we have somewhere around 11 does and two bucks, you know, with some parameters around the bucks. Like, only one can be a mm-hmm. six-pointer under, um, whereas you can only have, you know, one over that as well, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to go down to Georgia and do some hunting. You guys have a lot of pigs and shit too, right? Or maybe not where you're at. South Georgia does. Yeah. You know what's funny is I would really kill to have a couple of feral hogs out here just for, you know, some free bacon because bacon's gone through the fucking. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'll tell you what, um, bear, um, you know, one of my good buddies, uh, you know, he got a bear. And if you've never had bear, um, I highly recommend it. I, I highly recommend you cook the shit out of it um, the right way and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. But, you know, if you don't want trichinosis. No, no. You go out and eat bear. Oh, that shit would fucking. By a fire while you're hunting with the boys and all that kind of stuff out here. 
Um, there's very few people in the world that are doing that, and it's uh, it's, it's bro, that'd be fucking. It's pretty amazing. Sick. <laughs> yeah. And you just curl up and curl up in his hide that night too. Yeah, yeah, you could Become one. Yeah, yeah the, fucking, let's go, dude. <laughs> the, the, the the terrible no, I, thing is, is the bear season though. Uh, it kind of disappears like right now, uh, mid November, those guys are going into what they call turtle and uh turtle is, oh. is like hibernation. Mm-hmm. Right. But because it doesn't right. get that cold down here, those guys, man, the, the big black man in the forest, he disappears, uh, probably until about <laughs> April, May. And uh-huh. yeah. And you don't see those guys for a long time. Okay. Yeah. So they don't, yeah, it doesn't really get that cold. So they don't really actually like, hibernate like they do in north like northern bears like in canada and all that shit like they what they just do they just seclude themselves into small little areas and just move around yeah just those little core areas or? yeah luckily um i haven't found a den yet <laughs> really really <laughs> trying to avoid uh that that messed up uh so yeah, there, yeah but i'll tell you you know um it's probably just a matter of time, um, you know, before that happens. Because when Stumble I upon them. when when I say like it, there's there's bear out here, we'll have three or four on the property at any given time. Just you know, right here in the general vicinity at the same feeder sometime. And you know, you hmm. see a big boar come in, and that guy, man, I'll tell you right now. He starts to chase off those other guys, and they start running down a hill that's got some saplings on it, and you begin to hear the size of the saplings that are snapping that they're running over and it just sounds like you know all <laughs> hell is breaking loose and I mean, literally they'll right. be down in the bottom you know maybe they'll climb a tree or something and then they're fighting on trees and you're hearing branches and shit just come undone Jeez. it's fucking nuts man <laughs> but to, to be fucking nuts to, <laughs> to be in their presence and to watch this kind of stuff from your deck with the kids and you know, to have them have a really good understanding of like what's right outside. Like you're in, you know, that this place that is nature, man, like it'll take your life real quick versus, you know, mm-hmm. the, the people in the city, they'll take your life real quick. So understand this world, it's trying to fucking kill you. But this place out here, if you've got the right skills, like it's a much more forgiving place than you know, that crazy place with the human beings in oh, there yeah. uh, that are, you know, really neurotic and want to stick you with all sorts of stupid vaccines and bullshit. Now we've come full circle. Yeah, so. no shit. That's the thing, too. It's like when you're out in the, yeah, when you're out in the wilderness, you know, you got, especially out where you're at or if you're out west somewhere, it's like, yeah, you got bears and lion, mountain lions and all that shit that, are, that would kill you if, it, if given the chance or the mountain that's trying to kill you and stuff like that. But, um, if you go in there with a certain respect and certain knowledge base, then you're going to be safe. But yeah, fucking when it comes to cities though, dude, it's like you'd be walking down the street and it's like, bam, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. 30 know, special man. to the I dome. Wait, I fucking hate the cities. <laughs> I hate the cities so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, so how many acres do you live on? So we only have a few acres out here. The, um, but we're the only people out here. Like there's two thousand plus oh, really? acres of nothing, untouched That's awesome. forest out here, um, and so you know you want to wander around, uh, and you know the the thing is is the access out here is limited by other uh, types of you know gates and forestry and all that other kind of stuff. So to be out here, mm-hmm. you have to be pretty intentional to be where we're at, and we're the last people. Like there's yep. there's nobody 
after us. Like they're they're back there, dude. That's fucking. They're back. That's cool. So are you surrounded? Are you surrounded by like? Is it like public land? Like no forest? Nope. Like U.S. Forest Service type shit or what? We're completely private. It's all private. Uh, I know the guys that own it, and when I run across a piece of property that I don't know, Onyx is on top of it, and I'm like, all right, hey. You know, oh, yeah, dude. I'm this guy. Listen, I'm not going on your property to hunt or something like that. I might be going to retrieve a, a deer or, or whatever it is just to, you know, keep up relations and all that kind of stuff. And the thing is, is yeah, for sure. Most people are, you know, most people have a lot of this type of land uh, bought as some sort of investment or some sort of like future thing. The, the beautiful thing about this part of the Appalachians is that it doesn't really support uh, civilization. Uh, you know, building on it, mm-hmm. not going to be able to do it just because, you know, there's, there's no, there's no place for most people to have sewage. There's no, you know, you can do well, which is what we're on out here. But, uh, even getting a lot of times just getting mains power out to them, damn near, you know, impossible in some, in some places. Yep. So, uh, the, the terrain makes it extremely, uh, difficult for, overpopulation let's say the least e- even any civilization mm-hmm. like most people should not be that's here. that's perfect yeah that's like the perfect place to live dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> out here out here the only thing that's saving us like in the country because I, I live just outside of town and grand town is what 3,500 people not even not even not even we'll say 3,000 people is our town that we live in but the only thing stopping um us from really expanding and becoming having more people here is the fact that for one farmland is fucking expensive and for two there's just not a whole shit ton of people that are like you know where i want to live iowa <laughs> yeah i want to live i want to live, live in north central iowa so bad dude <laughs> yeah. you know like <laughs> no, that's not exactly a metropolitan hub no it's not a big tourist attraction <laughs> we were in, we were in kentucky and uh we were talking to some uh some of my wife's friends and family and stuff and they're like oh we'd love to come visit you in iowa like and everything like, oh man it'd be awesome you get to come to our house it'd be great like so what, like, what is there to do around there and both my wife and i were both like oh, fuck None. <laughs> i'll get back to you on that let me go back home and figure out what we do because i can't really tell you right now <laughs> yeah hang out and bullshit we hang out and bullshit and talk and drink beer like it's 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 a cool place it's kind if of like you Alaska. enjoy, yeah, if you enjoy the community, if you enjoy the small town community type atmosphere, mm-hmm. it's a great place to live. If you, it's a great place to raise your kids and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, there ain't much to do unless you like deer hunting. That's pretty much about it. That's yeah, a that's a pretty it. good pastime. It keep you busy all year yeah, long. I don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, it keeps me busy. That's why. That's why I love it here because I'm like, hey. I can go run around and check other places out, go scout a new piece, go scout this other piece. Like you can r- travel around and do all sorts of fun stuff. And we do have really big deer here. So oh yeah. Nice. You Not guys necessarily are spoiled. Yeah. yeah. I got mountain goats compared yeah. to you guys, man. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you, there's, there's not a lot of trophy hunting out here. Uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like for the area, there's some pretty good bucks now, but like at the same time, you put a you put a good North Georgia mountain deer up against one of those corn fed Iowa bucks. Yeah, Ooh, it's not even the same species. <laughs> it's like Kevin Hart and Shaquille O'Neal. Like, what? What? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. I would love to go hunt in Georgia someday because it would be just so, such a different atmosphere. But yeah, it's like when it comes to 
big deer and big body deer and you know it's just i don't know well, iowa's really hard to beat iowa illinois anywhere in the midwest it's almost like the deer wisconsin. here wisconsin yeah it's almost like the deer here have to get big in order to survive because it's fucking cold yeah you know well so it gets fucking cold and then the deer have to get big in order to survive they have to put fat on they have to put a substantial amount of fat on every year otherwise they will not make it hey, you guys should get in the truck and then come hunt then that's that's my recommendation Come on down. Let's go. Yeah. Dude, I'd love to go to George sometime. Yeah, don't fucking twist my arm. We'll be down there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to twist. I'm we'll going to say, I got so much stuff for you guys down here. Let's go. I need better yeah, neighbors. I, I need better them. neighbors. That's what I need. I need guys like you guys to yeah, come down go. here to Waleska, Georgia, and help me populate this area with freedom-loving individuals that are absolute savages and mm-hmm. just you know on a, on a <laughs> new mission in life. That's what I need. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm oh, gonna yeah, keep dude. twisting arms. Anybody in your audience that hears this, that's you. Let's go, Waleska, Georgia. Let's go. Get on it. <laughs> I will say this when we're talking about like uh, politics a little bit too, um, and freedom and all that stuff. But Iowa, we just um, I went and voted during the midterms, and we just passed on the ballot on the back of the ballot. There was this. It's called Iowa Amendment One, and mm-hmm. we just put in. To, we just put in the in our state constitution, a uh, Second Amendment amendment in our own state constitution, saying that any basically any gun, uh, any new gun bill, any re- restrictive gun bill has to survive strict scrutiny in order to be passed. So that's kind of cool. Like we, as a state, we find we finally recognized as a state we separate ourselves away from like California and all them places that didn't have any state protections on the second amendment. We put in our state constitution that, you know, we recognize the right, the right to bear arms and as a human right. And if there's any bill that it comes across, then it needs to survive strict scrutiny. So that's kind of cool that Iowa as a state is definitely changing. We're definitely not, we're not necessarily a swing state anymore. We're definitely starting to separate from the pack which is kind of neat. Yeah, I agree. Got to keep, keep yeah, up with the, when I saw that I got passed. Got to keep up with Christy Nome up there, man. Like, I mean, in, in terms of like that's not right. shutting down States and everything else, like she's, she said, eh, she's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, at, at the same time, you're like, yeah, you know what? She didn't shut down. She, she was the one out of yeah. 50 that said, no, nah, guys get fucked. Uh, we're, we're going to, yep. we're going to trust you. our people. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And good. the cool thing is we're, we're, we're neighbors statewide. And uh, I f- have a, I feel like um, Kim Reynolds and Christina you know, are kind of like you know hey we're chicks and we're gonna we're gonna back each other kind of thing that's kind of neat but uh, Iowa is honestly a pretty fucking when it comes to politics and laws and stuff like that Iowa's pretty awesome minus the fact that we the drug. we hate drugs yeah, we oh, hate them the we issue. hate the mer- we hate the devil's lettuce. <laughs> And we hate them fucking mushrooms a whole hell of a lot here. That's uh, that's Georgia so, too. That, that kind of yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. In Kim Reynolds' defense, I think if popular opinion changed, I think if there were like polls done or something where people eventually the popular opinion on THC and psychedelics and shit changed with the popular opinion, then I think that she'd probably sway on it because I think that's I think the big so. thing holding holding it back she is playing the political game where it's you know oh it's kind of i think the last poll that was done it was like 47 percent of people polled in iowa disapproved of 
recreational marijuana use. Yeah. And I definitely think if that were to change, she would definitely change her, her politics on it. And it's just time, dude. Iowa is it's a small state. It's a flyover state. And for the most part, has been about a decade or so behind everywhere else everywhere else in terms of things like that like, yeah and, people are just slow here that's it there's there's they're a little slower but also um for the most part they have, just really don't give a fuck i mean that's yeah. the majority of people we've got an old old population like a lot of people here are old as fuck they're yeah. old farmers and they might be retired now and they're just like you know what I think that's bad. <laughs> yeah. I was told that's not good. They get and thing, I, I just know it's not good. They get a thing that they own, they're like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> marijuana, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, that's, I can't have marijuana needles littering our streets. <laughs> Once I knew a guy on marijuana. And they're going to be fornicating with jazz guy, musicians yeah. and Negroes. And, <laughs> yeah. what, what was it? And, yeah, and yeah, Reaper Madness? Like, God almighty. Come on, guys. You can't have that. Uh, not here. Not my state. <laughs> What's next? There's not black Gay people marriage. in Iowa anyway, right? Not in Mitchell County. It's like 99%. No, I'm just yeah, white or something. I'm totally joking. No, but in, yeah, joke. But all jokes come with a certain sense of truth. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> well, the number one condiment in Iowa isn't ranch uh, because of black people. I will tell you that right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, black people are very anti-ranch. <laughs> I don't know about that, no. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. from what I've seen, maybe I, I don't know, uncultured, I guess. Yeah, some of it maybe, but I, I haven't heard a whole lot of proponents for it either for the black community. <laughs> Something for some reason we do love ranch here <laughs> yeah. oh we yeah. do love it we put it on everything dude. Rolls, dude. it does a rule it's it is the best condiment yeah when you've got your homemade ranch recipe that you know by heart yeah man that's a that's a good place to live i like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you seek out certain restaurants based on their ranch selection yeah, ranch yeah. Yeah. what kind of mayonnaise do you use no fuck that i'm out of here <laughs> yeah. right like that <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so i i did want to ask um real quick shane uh we're getting we're been going oh man we're almost on two hours here i don't yeah, want to keep, keep you forever but uh what is so like being in georgia mm -hmm. uh you guys have a pretty long like rifle season when yeah. it comes to hunting um, rifle ex uh, is is about uh mid october through the end of december uh so Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's long. I mean, in compared yeah. to most states, it is. But that's the thing too is like we've got a ton of deer. I mean, there there's yep. so much suburban sprawl now, especially in Atlanta, um, that mm -hmm. some of the best hunting is actually in the city, right? It, the the Chattahoochee oh, River yeah. that runs through there, the Etowah, the Coosa. Uh, you've got all these you know amazing rivers that run through uh, places like Atlanta through. You know, some mm -hmm. of the suburbs and all that kind of stuff. Some of these ghost bucks that live down in, you know, the hoods down there, um, it's it's not a place where you can actually rifle hunt. So if you want to yep. go into these areas and hunt giant, and I mean literally, you know, we're talking Boone and Crockett, 200 plus type bucks in Georgia. And it's like, it exists, dude. Man. Yeah. Dude, there's, there's a hunting YouTube channel. Uh, they're called Seek One. Mm-hmm. And they hunt urban bucks. Yeah. And they are fucking huge, dude. They're amazing. Insane. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. If you like <laughs> if you like hunting where you can hear lawn mowers and leaf blowers and kids playing like no fucking peace yeah. and quiet, okay. I guess. If you're after, if you're after those monsters and that's what you're going to do, okay, I guess. But uh yeah, yeah not me not personally, me. I'd rather go I'd rather go to North Georgia in the mountains and have peace and quiet while I hunt. Even if it means tagging a small deer, yeah, I'll do it. That, free, freezer me. Fun for me. That's all I need. Just oh, yeah. freezer me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, uh, what, what's go what's your uh, what's because do you because you go rifle hunting mostly, right? Mm-mm. I'm a bow hunter. Uh, no, you're yeah. a bow hunter. I'm yeah, my guy. That's my yeah, guy. Uh, I picked up uh, bow hunting from a good friend in uh, 2015. I was really wasn't even a hunter before that because it was just like yeah. You know what? I've shot things with rifles before. It's not real difficult. Um, and, <laughs> and and like it wasn't something that I really grew up with uh, in terms of like my dad wasn't, um, you know, a hunter, like never. Yeah, I think he took, mm-hmm. he took me and my brother hunting one time. That was enough for him. <laughs> so, yeah, like right. <laughs> we, we, we didn't grow up as hunters. And um, then, you know, I got into, you know, to firearms and all that other kind of stuff. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I could deer are not going to be a thing. It's just, it seems easy and like a lot of fucking work, honestly. But then I found um, fucking work. a guy that introduced me uh, to hunting. He had, you know, he's got 350 acres down in South Georgia. He's got, you know, f- food plots that go on for days and days. And a, just he, the guys beat life, right? So he introduced me mm-hmm. to the actual work that goes into hunting and I fell in love with it. I was like, Oh my God, there's so much to learn in terms of, you know, the, the being a conservationist, being somebody that understands population and population control for the deer and making it stronger and like the, all the food and the nutrients and different vegetation, and, and whether it's natural or planted and times a year and just, just all this beautiful stuff that you know came with a lot of just grueling work and like that's part of it like why i fell in love with it then i found you know through my my good buddy his bow hunting because i would go out and sit with a rifle i never shot anything with a rifle and i was just like yeah i'll just go sit i like sitting it's nice it's peaceful there's nothing like it's cool (laughs) um but yeah i picked up that bow in about 2015 and was hooked like different level you've got to be a little bit more of a masterful hunter to uh, obviously take something with a bow because you're, you know, obviously time and space and all that kind of stuff. And once you get yeah. that down, um, that's when hunting becomes a hell of a lot of fun, right? It's uh, it's it's something where when you <clears throat> when you get something with a bow, you know you've done it right. And yeah, I'm yep. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, bow hunting. Bow hunting is I I love gun hunting. I just love hunting no matter what it is. But uh, in, what I've always said is bow hunting is very rewarding in a different way than gun hunting is. But gun hunting is just fucking fun. It's just, it's just, it's just fun. At least where we grew up, it's more, much more of the deer camp camaraderie type deal and stuff. But bow hunting is much more of a seclusive, uh, seclusion type deal. Like you're out there by yourself. You're not going out there with a couple dudes to go bow hunt necessarily a whole lot of times. But I am looking forward to getting in some 
gun hunting, like rifle hunting out west someday. That'd be fucking fun. I, and I will say, you it know, it's a little different. We were talking about this gun hunting versus bow hunting, and fuck you, bow hunters, and fuck you, bow you know, gun hunters, and all that kind of yeah, stuff, right? right? Like it's it's the right tool for the right job. Like in, in a close, you know, wooded uh, mountain type environment and forest, right? Like where you're not even going to take a rifle shot probably more than 25 yards without you know a twig or a branch or something getting in the way anyway right so what's the real point of a a high-powered rifle here and then there's no like you do the same damage with a a good bow but when you go out west and you've got a lot more open space and less defilade and less cover and concealment and all that man (laughs) a good a good high-powered optic uh on a you know a 7.62 or 308 or you know if some of you guys are using six fives or whatever you're using these days like Man, that is that's a necessity in a lot of cases. I mean, really, yeah. it is the difference between filling the freezer and going out and wasting <laughs> your time with mental masturbation. Like, yeah, you know, like oh, <laughs> I'm gonna get a fuck. No, no, your your likelihood of scoring a deer with a with a bow out there is extremely low compared yep. to what it is here. A lot, a lot of people do it, but it's just you gotta you, you gotta spend the time out there, and you're gonna have a whole lot of heartache when you're doing it too. But it's definitely one of those things where you know you get out there in the open spaces and stuff. And you're talking cross cutting shots and everything else. It's like you're, you're definitely gonna when you have a gun. It's just when you see them, yeah, it's just it's a lot harder to get really close to them when you have a gun in your hand. It's like okay, you feel just a lot more confident. You're actually gonna come home with something. But <laughs> I've never done it. Well, I, I wanted to do Mexico and hunted pronghorn with a rifle, and that was a lot of fucking fun too. But I ended up shooting my pronghorn at seventy-seven yards, which is pretty damn close. I probably could have <laughs> shot with a bow and arrow. So <laughs> that's a hell of a that's a hell of a shot with a bow and arrow. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to take too much more of your time up here, man. Um, we'll definitely have to have you on again sometime and talk some more. This has been a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, vice versa, guys. And, uh, I mean, that's the thing is I'd like to, to talk about some of those hunts that you guys have had, uh, especially the one out to Africa. Like, wow. Un- oh, yeah. A little teaser here for the next time we do something. Um, yep. Yeah, man. Guys, it's, it's good to reconnect with you. I'm glad you guys are doing well. Survived COVID and all that shit. And, uh <laughs> are ornerier and 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 ready to do uh copious amounts of mushrooms and all that kind of stuff man like it's i'm excited for you guys so like i said open invite down here i appreciate it man um and thanks jordan for coming on oh yeah you know that yeah and uh so shane you want to go ahead and tell everybody because you um where they can find you if they want to follow along with your escapades and all that shit sure yeah now that i'm a retired uh i guess failed politician uh, thank god right <laughs> um uh radicalpod.com is what i'm doing full-time the uh the brave mission is now part of that and uh you can find all the links to everything they're producing about three to four shows a week now and um anybody that wants to help out with the brave mission um and possibly if you're a veteran you know uh, be selected for the experience or if you're one of those people that's beat life and uh want to help sponsor man i could definitely use the help all the links are there and uh guys like i said humbled uh really appreciate it and look forward to hopefully having you guys down here and and uh showing you guys firsthand so that you can go up there and replicate it and start your your own iowa chapter of uh whatever it is that you guys want to do so really appreciate it guys hell yeah right on. hell yeah man i appreciate it um because yeah yeah you have your own 
podcast, you are the radical. So, right? That's what radical. You yeah. said radical yeah. pod. R- radical is the, yeah, the name of the podcast. Yep. And you want to you want to real quick tell. So, what does it mostly entail about? Just so so know. it used to be a little more uh, political, but now it's this uh, really cool convergence that I've found with a bunch of crowds. Obviously, liberty being uh, the driver behind what we're doing. Um, and then we've actually found the mechanisms to get there. Um, I cover a lot of Bitcoin, not crypto, just Bitcoin. Uh, and I also cover okay. uh, now, obviously, uh, the psychedelics and uh, these these intertwined worlds that have so much in common with each other and have such great people. Uh, it's you know finding them, bringing them together, and, and showing them how they all kind of have this uh, confluence in terms of pushing us toward that admission of liberty. So that's that's what it's mostly about. And we do some fun stuff on the side. It's growing. Awesome, dude. Well, I, once again, I appreciate you coming on. And everyone go ahead and get out there and check out uh, Radical Pod and check out Shane's mission that he's doing. You know, it's me, it sounds like a great thing. And I'm really excited to get down there and meet me a face-to-face someday and experience in what North Georgia has to offer, my, my man. Got anything, Jordan? Uh, no, I, I don't really have anything. Got nothing for us. Um, other than on the crypto thing, uh, Shane, have you been following the FTX situation? Oh, man, I could go on for hours. Yes. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit coins are or... open a window. However, yeah. sometime we will have that conversation yeah. again. Maybe next time we'll have Shane on again. We'll talk a little fucking crypto uh, fiasco. Yeah, that's that quite, the, quite the thing. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take this back.